0: For player profiles, in-depth features and exclusive interviews, visit sfhandbook.com to learn more about the best young football players in the world. Hello and a warm welcome to the latest episode from the Scouted Football Podcast. Uh, this week, we're headed north to Scandinavia, where Europe's most northerly leagues have begun once again for the 2022 season. Um, on April 2nd and 3rd, Norway's Elite kicked off with defending champions Boda Glimt, drawing 2-2 with a Rosenberg side, down on their luck in recent seasons, but hopefully uh, revitalised this year with a young squad. Um, the same weekend, Sweden's Allsvenskan also got underway for this season, with wins for Hammerby, Hicken and defending champs Malmö. Um, with me to discuss the various goings-on at the back end of last term, as well as to preview the 2022 campaign, uh, which runs from April through to November, is none other than the Nordic Football Podcast's Jonathan Fudugba. um Welcome back to the pod, Jonathan. How are things with you? Hi, Joe. Thanks, from, thanks very much for having me back. Uh, it's good to good to be on the show,
1: and uh, I've been enjoying your content a lot lately. So, um, pleased to be here. Yeah, it's, uh, it's been, a, well, the season's just about to start, well, it's just started in, 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 um, in Sweden and, and Norway, of course. So it's fun times for us at the moment. We've 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 had our season previews and uh, we've had two rounds now of, of this new season. So um, it's all systems go.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And and I, I do have to make mention of those season preview uh, pod episodes uh, very early on here to anyone who. Likes this episode and then thinks, actually, you know what, that's wet my appetite a little bit to 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 learn a little bit more. I had a few sort of journeys in the car and on the train in, in, in the past few weeks. And it has to be said, just just plugging in for, for a good two hours was just, it was exactly what I needed. Just a little notepad out, just writing down a couple of names just that I'd never heard of before. Um, but those Nordic Football Pod um, preview episodes I'd recommend uh, to anyone. But um yeah, last time we spoke it was on, on the topic of PL two. Obviously English football's under twenty-three top flight. Um but yourself and Steve Wiss of the the Nordic footy pod, uh, are, I think it's it's fair to say experts in, in the Scandinavian leagues as well. Um, you know, how did how did all that come about? Yeah, it's a good question cause, um I kind of wear many hats in, in a certain <laughs> way.
1: <laughs> covering different leagues, like non league, PL two, youth football, so many different stuff. But Sweden's kind of a passion project of mine, really. Um, I moved out there, uh, about four or five years ago now, and, um, I kind of was living in London. I just hit a bit of a brick wall and I was like, you know what, I want something, something new in my life. I'd always had an intention to sort of travel that area and I moved out, um, just to see what it was like. And I had such a good time. I was like, you know what? I could, I could see myself living here. It was in, in Gothenburg and lucky, l- luckily enough, I, I met someone there who helped me find uh, an apartment. So I moved there for a little bit. and. Um, started working in in football basically like kind of scouting and and recruitment obviously it was kind of related to uh, other businesses that I work on so um, kind of really immersed myself in in Swedish football and Swedish football culture I was doing ridiculous things like trekking to trekking through the mountains to Mm -hmm. go and watch games you know what I mean like because the in Sweden obviously it's very you know like it's very cold for one and the the academies are kind of like often in like the middle of the woods and stuff or forests and things like that so in Gothenburg anyway so you'd be trekking out, you know what I mean, taking buses to go and watch like, I don't know, Hackens under nineteens or or like, you know, EF Coreyotobugs, kind of under eighteens, that kind of thing, under seventeens. So I really like and obviously first team level as well. So I really immersed myself in in the football culture there. When eventually like unfortunately I had to come back to England um for kind of unforeseen circumstances. Um and when I did I would have I would have loved to have stayed out there to be honest. But I was having a really good time. But when I, when I came back, had all this kind of just built up knowledge. I'd been going to games, meeting people and I had all these contacts and I knew so much about youth levels as well. So um, Steve, I I used to work with at uh, Football Radar, funnily enough, who who now own Notts County. And um, we'd covered the French League together. We were analysts and he is a Norwegian betting analyst. So we got talking and, you know, I was saying to him, you know, um, you've got all this Norwegian knowledge. I've got all this Swedish knowledge now. We we're having these sort of late night conversations at times where we we're just talking about random players and just random things like that. We were like, you know what, why don't we start a podcast um, instead of sort of boring your missus or whatever with <laughs> random talk about, other oh, than Norway's best left back or whatever. So, so, um, but we did basically and, uh, you know, set, set up the pod. That's like it's nearly five years ago now and um, just con- continued. It. it was good fun. You know, it's, it's a small market. Obviously it's quite niche. You know, there's not a huge amount of people who are massively keen on on these leagues, but, You know, we found our kind of niche and um, had quite a lot of success. You know, it's now kind of recognized as maybe the number one uh, podcast in terms of like followers, listeners, downloads, things like that. So we've kind of found a nice audience out of it. And um,
0: yeah, like I say, it's just become a, a sort of a passion project that's continued to this day. No I mean it's a very valuable service that you provide as well I mean even just for people who dip in and out like like myself and I know a few of the other lads at scouted do as well um particularly for those preview episodes and and maybe halfway through the year when you know there's not as much football in your your you know your your western european leagues um it's yeah it's a very useful resource um and and speaking of useful resources you know every season you've you've given you've given us your your ten to watch which as it says on the tin, is is a list of you know ten players um, under twenty three or otherwise, and, you know no restrictions, unlike us. Um, you know to keep an eye on over the course of the you know the, the seasons, particularly in the scan. Um, You know who were some of last year's picks that you're particularly proud of? Because I'm I'm sort of scanning the list here, and, and there's a few that have sort of piqued my interest too. I've come across but once or twice before.
1: Yeah, that's kind of uh, my main area. You know, that's my love of obviously finding young talents and and, develop, and finding players and things like that, and scouting and identifying. Players, so that was something that I was like insistent when we started the pod. I was like, we we have to have a kind of talent section, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And um, every year we 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 pick kind of 10, ten players to watch. So um, I, I think I've given you the twenty twenty one list. In twenty twenty, uh, just to briefly touch on it, I had Isaac Bergman Hanson who was um, oh, yes. at north shopping when he was seventeen. He's obviously now gone on to uh, FC Copenhagen, and he's he's a really good young talent. Obviously born in England. Um, Still, maybe could. I think he might still be eligible for England, but I'm not sure. I know, <laughs> I know he's played for Iceland, but um,
0: Sutton Coldfield's uh, finest. I, think. I was always joking, yeah. yeah, that
1: you know, Southgate needs to call him up, um, <laughs> because he's related to a former uh, Burnley player. And um, Adi Nalic was on that list as well. This is 2020. Obviously, one of the main best players that I probably uh, I think I identified at one point was Benjamin Negrin. Obviously, I knew about him when I was in Gothenburg and um, I'd watched him several times for the youth teams, and I was like, this, he's a, he's a really good player. His career didn't quite go on because he ended up moving to, um, yeah, he ended up leaving the league extremely early. I think he played like nine, 10 games, 12 games maybe roughly before he got a big move and kind of moved to Belgium, then moved to the Netherlands on loan. And, and he's now back in Denmark. It's not really worked out. And he's still only, I think, 20 uh, at Nordschland now. But um it, yeah, the list got successful because every year uh, there was, for example, one year Imam Yanya we had, who's, who moved to Everton now in the 23s. Mm. He was at Beko Haken as a 16-year-old. Um, on last year's list, uh, I was very happy to have um, selected, uh, for example, uh, Edward Chilifiri. Obviously, who was at Jürgården. he's moved on to to um, Denmark now uh, for quite a hefty fee. Um, an exciting talent. Uh, I had just trying to think of other players that, that I identified on that list. I mean, Saar, who's moved to Hiranveen Herin, now. He was obviously at Malmo, uh, and then he had a loan move to Mialbi. Did really well with Mialbi and kind of got a big move, got his big move. So yeah, there's plenty others. Um, Oliver Dover is someone I think is a really, really top potential talent. Uh, he's a goalkeeper at Hammerby. He's just started to emerge now in the first team. Last year, he played in kind of some European games. Uh, he's a really, really, he's a player, I think I'm sure on scouts, football, you, you, you might be looking at, at some point if you haven't already. 19-year-old um, goalkeeper, described as one of Europe's biggest goalkeeping talents. Um, he's had trials at Brighton as well in the past. And... Yeah, so the the 2022 list that we've just released now, we've got a 10 to watch that's just come out in the last week or so. Um, We've moved that onto a Patreon service now because we had so much interest from scouts and and people like that in the industry. It kind of has become like industry standard now. People tune in just to listen to that 10 to watch really and Mm. take their notes. So we we kind of moved it um, over to the Patreon. So I won't talk too much about that. Obviously, patreon.com slash Nordic Football Podcast, little cheeky plug there. If you want to check check out those two lists, obviously Norway and Sweden. Um, but I think there's one or two on the list that we, we, you know, you've jotted down that we're probably going to talk about on this episode as well. Uh, and yeah, hopefully that just gives a bit of an example that we, we've been able to find um, talents quite well. Um, so yeah, Chulafia is one that's kind of standing out at this moment in time as well. So yeah, it's been
0: been good. No yeah absolutely and 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 you you're right just just a cheeky little plug not not giving too much away because i think um i mean if they if they're all of the caliber of the one player that we're probably going to discuss um shortly um then then yeah i can see exactly why that's become industry standard because um yeah uh in in, in particular this one player who i'm sure we'll we'll get to over the next 5 10 minutes or so as i start the season in sweden very very well uh, but to sort of just give a, a brief sort of rundown of of last year in Sweden in the Elfenskan. Um it was Malmo who were, who were crowned champions. You know, it's their seventh title since since 2010, um, and, a, and a scouted favourite, Anel Um He ended up leaving uh, the centre half. Um, you know, very good ball progressor um, has been in, included in one of the scouted football handbooks. He's gone on loan to, to Bordeaux. Perhaps not the best move or the most sensible move in the world, given that you know Bordeaux weren't exactly doing too well and, and still aren't. Um, but there's a four million euro option to buy there. He's obviously one of the you know the the, the better players um, in, in in Sweden's top flight over the past few years. Um, former Nottingham Forest player as well, actually, for 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 the Forest fans who might be listening into this, um, and and former you know Rangers fine odds, um, I think AC Milan as well striker Jondal Thomason um and also newcastle i can't believe i forgot that um he he was the manager um of malmo obviously defeated rangers out in, in europe um he's left in the off season um and and you know now there's uh, yeah, a, a little bit of a, a little bit of um, uncertainty, I suppose, in the in the in the ranks at, at Malmö. That you know, w- will they be able to to retain another title, um, or will they be challenged by someone? Um, you know, they've kept players such as you know Velko Bermansevich, who we've mentioned on this podcast before, good sort of wide forward winger. Um, but yeah, in terms of the the players that that. You know, stood out last season in in the scan. and um, there were there were certainly two from from my perspective, um, who who played extremely well, and and as a result, have got moves for, for fees in a similar range to 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 the option that is um, that that Ahmed Hodzic has um, at, at Bordeaux, um, and I've got them listed here for for the two of us, Jonathan, um, Patrick Wallamark or Wallamark. Um and my pronunciation always wavers between that one and Akin Kunmi Amu. Um Volomark 20 years old and, and Amu 19 years old. Um very, very good attacking players, um, very easy on the eye, very slick. Um and yeah, they 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 I think it's fair to say they lit up the Aspen scan last year.
1: Yes, and I um a great example because he's someone that um we kind of have a, p- a partnership with White Scout and we kind of uh, we write some articles for them and I wrote a, a blog on him. Kind of just describing him as one Mm -hmm. of the most best young talents, you know, in in Scandinavia for sure. Uh, A really exciting kind of player. Kind of, I described him at times last season as kind of Robin-esque. He kind of he he doesn't have that intense raw speed, but very technical on the ball and kind of will cut in from the you know the right hand side that kind of cliche onto his left foot and just hammer it into the into the back of the net. He was he scored some quality goals, you know, from outside the box, inside the box. Uh, a real sort of uh, beautiful left foot, uh, Wallamark. He only turned 20, I think, in October last year, and the, the dazzling nature of his games meant that he, he was a he was a natural to end up getting a move. The, the interesting thing about him is he, he 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 only started playing kind of in um, football uh, Sweden's third tier, uh, not long ago for a team called Krefelding, uh, and kind of moved to Hacken in, in 2020. Um, his father used to play for a, a big team in Gothenburg, Geis, who uh, are struggling now, but they, they were a big side in the past. And his his development has been incredibly quick, if you know what I mean. He's really stepped mm. up. He, he was struggling to even get game time um, the season before last. But, but uh, you know, last season he really stepped up and went to a new level. I think he was averaging roughly uh, 2.91 shots per 90 at one point, um, which was in top 10 in North Svenskan. You know, he had the third highest number of dribbles of any player in the league. And he just he just carried it on. He, I think his average um his average goals per goal contributions um was kind of every hundred and forty three minutes roughly he was he was getting a goal or assist. So he really, you know, stepped up and he kind of carried Hacken, who'd had a really bad season actually. They're they're kind of a small club in, in Gothenburg, but have kind of grown a lot because of the the Gothia Cup, which is like one of the biggest academy tournaments in, in world football. Um youth tournaments. It's a prestigious tournament. And um, that's kind of given them some money to develop themselves. And they've kind of grown and grown and grown. And they're now an established sort of Els side, Haken. Uh, a really nice club as well, quite a small family club. Um, and they had a, they were kind of tipped to maybe even win the league last season by some. And they had a terrible start for the season. They were awful. The manager ended up leaving. Uh, and then a new manager came in, Pierre Metis Hogmo, who used to manage Norway. Of course, he was a national team manager of Norway at one point. And Wallemart kind of, from there, really started to step up as their their main talisman. And obviously earned himself a massive move to, to Feyenoord. I think he'll do well at Feyenoord. I think he's got that profile where um, it's quite an attacking league, obviously Dutch football. He'll get time on the ball. You know what I mean? It's not kind of, um, let's say, for example, if he'd gone to France, I think that might have been more of a challenge physically. Mm. But on a technical level, I think he'll have no trouble there. So I'm really excited to see how he how he gets on. And if you look at some players in, um, in the Netherlands who've come from Sweden, you've got the likes of, for example, Jesper Carlsen, who's doing so well at AZ Alkmaar. Um, as maybe someone to look to and kind of try and emulate. So, yeah, Walaamu is a really good good player. Akin Kunmi Amu, of course, um, labelled the kind of Nigerian Messi in a way. <laughs> uh, very low centre of gravity, um, exciting dribbler, very, very good in the ball. I remember when he first signed for um, Hammerby, there was a picture of him, I think, with, with Zlatan. Obviously, Zlatan's kind of involved in the club as a, I think it's a part investor. And um, Zlatan was saying, you know, this guy's going to be a big player. And besides
0: the height difference, of course, yeah, yeah. yeah the math is a massive
1: height difference. It's kind of almost like sort of Peter Crouch and Jemaine Defoe <laughs> or something like when they, uh, when they're doing punditry, but, uh, or Zola, but, um, yeah, he, he, he's very sort of, yeah, like short stocky build, low center of gravity, very good on the ball. You can imagine him in that, you know, on the playing fields in Nigeria, kind of just having to high ho in his trade, getting tackled and, you know, sort of dusty parks and things like that in, 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 in Nigeria. And, um, I think he's, he, I mean, obviously, he's obviously owned himself a massive move as well to um, to Denmark. Not sure how, if it's too early for him, but, you know, I think he's got the ability to step up. It was a shame, obviously, from from my point of view, from a selfish point of view, would have liked to have seen him maybe stick around in Sweden a little longer. But, of course, that's the kind of nature in Swedish football quite a lot. You know, players come and, and go quite quickly. He was sold to FC Copenhagen for €4 million, Euros, which is a, a really hefty fee. Um, and kind of, I think, he, he deserved it, really. So... Uh, yeah those those two talents in particular were very very exciting to watch last season kind of lit up the league
0: yeah and i'm sort of looking at previous sales from from sweden's top flight you know that four million three and a half million you know those those sorts of fees are very much the upper bound for what clubs can sort of demand from 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 clubs in um in in more established european leagues like the netherlands for example or maybe denmark um you know it's while we might wax lyrical about them there is always that caveat that you know they will be going for for you know quite relatively when we're talking in sort of like premier league terms or top five league terms they'll be going for smaller fees but that doesn't mean that their ceilings aren't you know destined to be to be a bit higher. i mean i mean amu's only been in europe for about 18 months but you know he's fairly well known in sort of scouting circles by now because of just the impact that he had at hammerby um similar to to as well you know i mean as soon as you said Jesper Carson, I was thinking, well, how have I never made that comparison before? Because you know, again, good dribbler, six feet tall, doesn't have that, you know, the the, the electric straight line speed, but doesn't need it at the same time. You know, very natural finisher, those out to in runs, the you know, the confidence to take shots on from, you know, in in, in the middle of traffic, you know, through bodies. Um, yeah, I think you know, him moving on after one season in in Sweden's top flight is. I suppose after the season that he'd had, it was probably more of a foregone conclusion because of the fees that would have been coming in. And you know, for a club like Feyenoord, who you know routinely play in Europe, three million euros isn't isn't too isn't too much of a stretch. And and obviously they've got a player with a lot of upside there. Similar scenario for for Amu as well. Obviously four million euros, an extra you know an, an additional million. But I mean, got thirteen goals I think in all competitions during twenty twenty one. You know, another. Um, a bit like a pocket rocket you know he's someone who's definitely going to have an impact in a game he's not going to just glide through and sort of just coast he's 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 someone who's gonna to, gonna to find himself very much at the center of the action um does does glide i say glide he he does drift sort of into central spaces and that's kind of why he gets um he, he gets so many goals but um yeah i, I think we should probably get on to, to that one that one of those one to watch players that was sort of, i was teasing a little bit earlier someone that that we can watch in sweden this year um and i mean it's a player who started the the year in in excellent form um there was i think it was one one goal that he scored one of two that he the he bagged against Sundsvall um at the weekend which was was fantastic from outside the box um but yeah jonathan i'll let you i'll let you introduce who who your your pick is
1: yeah so it's kind of a a bit of a sneak peek of our of our tent to watch but you know you got a you've got you got, to, got to, you can't ignore this this player really and I, I know i've seen you guys obviously covering him as well on on twitter and things like that as well um you know how can you not he's such such an exciting player it's uh Williot swedberg who who's the player who at the moment is is raising a lot of eyebrows in uh in sweden for sure um really big talent and yeah i'm excited to talk about him i know you know a lot about him as well joe kind of he's an 18 year old um center midfielder he can play as an attacking midfielder kind of it's quite funny these days i, I don't know if you agree with me but you kind of almost now these days describing a player's position is it's kind of almost obsolete in some ways isn't it? it's yeah. Roles
0: you know, position positions,
1: it's, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. You don't have like, oh, he's a left winger or right wing. It's it kind of, it's kind of phasing out, especially in in Scandinavia. You know, when sometimes you look at, for example, Buda Glimpt uh, over in Norway, and you look at these kind of technical players who who seem to succeed in, in in Scandinavia and move on. They never really have like a set position where you'd say, right, that's a you know, unless it's a striker or a centre back something like that. But often with this kind of player, like Swedberg, he can play as a centre mid, he can play as a number ten, he can play as a, on the left or the right, really, um, and He's really kind of uh, a big talent that um raised a lot of eyebrows as, as i mentioned he, he he's been linked with Barcelona and Liverpool at one point um he only came through um recently into the team he made his horsevencan debut last july came on as a substitute and kind of i think he got an assist and then i think he scored as well and he he's got he's got a good stock because his, his, his father played for um for hammerby his father i think he's on the board of hammerby actually and I think his mother also uh, malin was named sweden's best player in 1996 so he's got a kind of a, a like a you know like i say good good pedigree good stock behind him um his father played i think 300 games in total and, and also played for the national team so he's got that obviously he's got that background he was all set to move to locomotive moscow uh, the deal was effectively done i think in february um but then obviously the you know the unfortunate situation in ukraine um broke out and and the transfer was effectively stalled it's not Cancelled, but it's it's been stalled. But the likelihood is that you know even looking to the summer, is that situation going to have ease? By then, it's it's probably unlikely. So it looks like that move probably will eventually collapse at some point. And um, you know, Swidberg come out and said, "Well, I'm I'm quite relaxed about it. You know, we'll we'll see what happens." You know, he's been named in kind of the the Guardian, for example, list named him in are sort of they do an annual list, don't they? And he was in that as well. Yeah. um He's got fantastic technique. His passing game is really good. He can finish. He can assist goals. He's got a good kind of. He can sniff chances as well in in and around the box. He, he can kind of sniff where to where to position himself. Um, he's got his goal on the opening day, for example, uh, against Helsingborg. He kind of just was tap, tapping effect, effectively, but just just ghosting into the right areas. Which you know, as I said, he's kind of an uh, attacking midfielder. But you can he kind of sniff that out as, a, as almost as a, as a sort of poacher. Um, and then yeah, in the GIF Sundsvall game, they just won at the weekend five one. Hamid are a team to watch. Actually, we, we've been talking about it on the on the podcast. Um, this past week or so and in the season previews, um, they've got this manager Marty Sifuentes, who's a, a Spanish coach, and um, he's been around the block in, in Norway and Denmark. I think he's managed so he's come to Sweden now. And Hammarby have looked very, very good, very high-intense pressing in that Kristiansund game, and Swedberg kind of suits that, you know, trying to win the possession high up the field and uh, and then create chances. And they've they've got a lot of attacking talent, so Swedberg will fit into that. The question is now, how long can they keep him? Because you know, as I've said, and This has kind of become a running theme on on this podcast, on the podcast that we run. Uh, You can almost not, you know, you've got to kind of catch them while you can and enjoy them while you can, because if you can get more than six months to a year with some of these talents, you know, they're they're kind of there and then they're gone. So um, I'd be surprised if he's there past this season, I'll be honest. I think maybe summer he might stick around. Obviously, technically, he could have already left, but uh, we'll get to enjoy him at least for, for a few more months. But I think if we were talking, say, this time next year, I'd imagine him moving to a maybe a top five league potentially because he really hasn't a lot
0: of potential. Yeah, I mean, for somebody who made his his top flight debut last July, to then have sort of a a, tr- a three and a half million euro transfer lined up effectively to 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 Lokomotiv Moscow within a matter of months, um, and you know we only need to have a look at the the, the names who were involved with Lokomotiv until very recently to know that they're obviously very um very adept at their at their, at their scouting. Um, that kind of gives you an indication of just how highly rated Swedberg is among sort of you know those scouting circles. Um and yeah, I mean, I echo everything you said. I mean, you said that I, I I can't lay claim to knowing as much about his family background as as you clearly do, Jonathan. But I mean, that was um yeah, some some excellent facts there. Um and again, you know, uh, it, it's it's probably beneficial, especially for for you guys at Nordic Footy, that you know that that proposed move has has all but. F- but fell through, you know, that you're gonna to get to enjoy him in, in Sweden and 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 Hammerby are going to get to enjoy him for, for a little bit longer. I suppose you, you were touching on there sort of the the question of it's it's a matter of when, not if he leaves. And that got me thinking sort of, you know, how do because of the the season running from April to November, that being sort of at odds with um, you know, the your traditional European leagues which run from, you know, your August to May. Um, how do clubs with maybe a star player like Swedberg? How do they mitigate losing players midway through the season in in the likes of Norway and, and Sweden?
1: Yeah, it's a great question, and uh, yeah, I hope I didn't come across too creepy there knowing the whole guy's
0: family. <laughs> not up, at all. Uh... No, no. Honestly, the things that we, the things that we've had on this podcast, it's not even it's not even going in the top ten. Believe me. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. But uh, yeah, you got
1: to do your research, I guess. You know, like. I uh, <laughs> I think one thing about the show is like when well, the season previews are epics, like they're they're, they're yeah. like hours long, and and every single team we preview, and it, it takes a lot of work to do the research to to kind of um, give the value, hopefully, to to people who are listening. But yeah, that, that's the level of detail that we try and go into, and you may as well, um, flex it. yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But it's, um, it's a really great question because it's something we talk about a lot on the show, and 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 just in general. Um, obviously, you know, uh, when I last appeared on, on the show, I talked a little bit about um, my working kind of player mm. um, player representation and that kind of thing. And, and um, so, sort of trying to help players and consultancy. And it's always about the development of players and, and the pathway and how, how you can make sure they maximize their potential at the right times. And sometimes I am a little bit critical of how in Swedish football uh, and in Scandinavia in general that, that, that there isn't really that time. I think that's because just the imperatives of like the the, the financial situation. It's not the, they don't the rev, It's not a hugely revenue generating league in terms of, uh, for example, attendances, things like that. You've got you've got your kind of big four or five clubs. You know, the likes of Malmo, uh, Aik had I think twenty seven thousand fans in in their first home game of the season just gone um, against North Shopping. You know, you've got obviously Hammerby, Garden, um, a few other teams like that at EFK. But but. It's not a hugely revenue generating league, if, if that makes sense. TV rights aren't huge. Mm-hmm. So there is that imperative to find players and sell them. And, um, I always mention Benjamin Negan cause he, he was a fantastic case study. I think, I, I think he's a, he's a player who left, he left way too early. He left Sweden way too early. I think he played, as I mentioned earlier, about 12, 12, to 15 games. And he was like ripping up the league. He came in as a sort of 17, 18 year old. We were sort of talking about him every week. I I'd, I'd been watching him for a while, so I, I knew him uh, in terms of his ability. And he did so well when he came in that he, he earned his move so rapidly. But as you see now, he's back, in, he's back in Scandinavia now with Northland and kind of even then, I think I looked at the weekend, he was on the bench uh, for them. And so you, if you look at it, he, he's like a son of Gothenburg. He was like a fan of the club, come through the academy. You really wanted him to stick around for like maybe one, two years minimum. You know, two years is not, you're not asking the world really uh, two years to have that development. You know, if you look at Swedberg, for example, I think I don't think he's played more than a thousand minutes uh, in in uh, yet, and he's already pretty much earned a move to Russia and is about to uh, maybe a, a move to another top club. Another player, for example, I could name Armin Jizic. He was um, in my tent to watch in, in 2020, and he he was he's at Helsingborg, uh, another quite big club. Obviously, they've they struggled. They're, they've been in the second division, but they've just been promoted again. Um, he got a big move to to Russia as well himself. And he's now been loaned back again because of, because of the situation there, mm-hmm. but you know, he's back now in, in Sweden, if you know what I mean. And, you know, there's a case to argue that Ben uh, Benjamin Negan himself could end up probably back at EF Core, but now he would be 21 and, and you've kind of that development is, it's not linear, is it? You've not progressed every time you're taking steps backwards. Um, so it, it's a tough question because the financial imperatives, like I say, that kind of dictates it, you know, the, 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 deal with and um, if I can go back to him again. EF Korn needed the money at that point. They, they were really struggling financially and they couldn't, they couldn't turn it down. He was a golden boy. He, he was a golden child and they needed to take that money from Belgium. Um, but did it really work out for the player? You know, was it the right thing for the player? I think even he had mentioned in an interview, he was quite happy to stay and maybe kind of wanted to stay really. So um, that's the thing that you got to balance from, I suppose, a club point of view. Um, and, and obviously from the player's perspective, you know, what's the best for them, but but ultimately, you know, we we know that football's a business and, you know, like I say, there is that, that financial imperative. I hope that it would have been interesting if, if for example, Swerd had better gone to Moscow, would that really have been the right move for him? Mm. We've seen, for example, Jordan Larson move out there in the past. We've seen um, Pontus Almqvist move there from Shopping, and he's now, I think, on loan in, in Dutch football at Utrecht, I believe. Um, so you, you do, there is a sort of a trend that we see in between in where players move and then within a year or so, 18 months, they're back in the league. And that's something that, is that due to homesickness? Is that just because they can't adapt? Is that because they move too early? It's a question that we're always talking about and discussing, you know, and um, it's kind of hard to give a, an answer. I hope I'm not waffling, but yeah, that, no, no, no. those are the challenges really in terms of how they do it. But but obviously from the club's point of view, ultimately they they need the money and, and the best way they can make money, especially now, if you look at some of the transfers out, like you mentioned there, you know, kind of 4 million, 3 million, th- th- that's the upper end of the all-time sales. Mm-hmm. This is like a golden age in terms of top sales for players, if you know what I mean. Uh, I think Alexander Isak was the record at one point. But, um, you know, it just shows you that it's, it's in this sort of last three, four years that talents are starting to really come through at loads and loads of clubs and get sold for big money. And m- maybe that will develop the league itself. And maybe that will actually help the league. And then they can maybe retain them and the players because they'll have a little bit more money um, to, to sort of keep them. But at this moment in time, that's kind of where it is. And, and obviously the league as well, the status of the league is it's, it's below Denmark. You know what I mean? Denmark is probably the, the biggest league in that area. And then, you know, you can argue Sweden or Norway um, next, but um, they need to sort of develop the finances as well. And, and and the best way they can do it is if they find a
0: Swedberg and a Moo and, and sell them on. Yeah. And I suppose each situation will, will you know, be decided on its own merits. You know, I mean, the, if, if, a, if a club from Norway, if a club from the Netherlands or Belgium, for example, you know, comes with a bid of, you know, a couple million euros, you know, you're looking at sustainability substantial sort of operating costs there for for a club in sweden for for you know for, for several weeks several months you know lots of um lots in terms of the the wages that will be paid to to staff and players so it's obviously yeah it's it, it is a very valuable revenue stream as you say and that was something that I'd, i suspected but you know it's something that without having sort of the expert view you can't really say with you know definitively until you have that the you know the experts accounted i mean moving moving away from sweden now moving on to norway um sort of uh, again, another brief overview of, of sort of the, the last season there, twenty twenty one um bought a glimpse work with champions once again. Um but they managed this, you know, without Jens Petterhauger, without um, you know, I mean halfway through the season lo- losing, you know, Patrick Berg and, and, and you know Eric Bottheim now has gone to, to Krasnodar, I believe, in Russia, you know, Frederick andre Bjorkan has is gone to her to Berlin and in Germany. Um I think Perhaps the best bit of business that that, that Glimpt have done though is is ensuring that Ketil Nudsen, their, their their manager, who's you know quite quite highly rated in 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 managerial circles now, I think, um, he's renewed um at 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 Glimpt, um, so he's going to be staying there for, I mean, at least half the season. I mean, it's always difficult to to predict with obviously how the the seasons um are, are spread out over you know the the April to November period, but. Um, you know, the start of the season, all right, and and I suppose you know it's they're doing well in Europe as well. Um, obviously, beating Roma the other night with a last minute goal, um, um, and and in the six one the that they defeated Jose Mourinho's side um, with earlier in the Europa the Conference League season as well. Um, but looking sort of at players, um, you know, there was there was a couple that sort of a couple of months ago I was looking at and thinking, well will they be sort of in the same category as your Wallermarks or your your Amus or, or, or your Swedbergs? Because, you know, there's, I mean, in particular one player, um, Osami Sarawi, who I think we've definitely mentioned on this podcast before, um, playing for Valarenga, um, 20 years old, you know, attacking midfielder, a long-term scouted favourite. I mean, um, Lou, our, 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 our one of our analysts who's, who's you know, cast a, a bdi over scandinavia quite quite intently he's he, he was the first who brought sarawi to my attention he brought swedberg to my attention as well um but you know he he, he loves him and, and it's it's easy to see why you know he he shares clips on his twitter account. sarawi this is with captions like line breaking pass and he like yeah this this lad's got a bit of footballing intelligence but, but that footballing iq to use a, a cliche term but you know, good manipulator of the ball, um, you know, always looks to play forward, creates good angles with those passes, um, you know, good good on the ball, um, good balance, quick feet, um, has a bit of burst um, and is just a very aesthetic player to watch. And I mean, he's had two full seasons at Valorenga now and, you know, you're looking at the likes of Wallemarck in, in the scan and, you know, he's moved on after one year um, and, and, you know, Amu moving on after 18 months. And sarawi's now going into his his third season at Valaringa. and you've got to think, well, okay, when when when's he going to get his move? Based on everything that we've we've discussed previously, I just wanted to pick your brain on on Sarawi in particular, Jonathan.
1: Yeah, I think I mean, I think I, well, the first thing to say is obviously my 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 colleague Steve is the is the expert on Norway, so I hope if he's listening to this, he doesn't uh, you know think I'm trying to steal his limelight a little bit here. But uh, obviously, you know, you share the league, so we you know we tend to watch it um you know we can talk about glimton in, in a minute maybe but you know f- for me they're probably the, the best team i've seen um since i've been covering these leagues uh, in the in the last sort of two years or so they they've been phenomenal some of the football they play um but yes yeah, so, so i mean, it's it's quite funny because i remember uh, i think we've been following him on on twitter for quite a while now, and i remember first seeing him when before he'd even broken into their their first team and he was posting clips of like i'm in training now and you know um playing for the u teams there and sort of commenting on, you know, what he'd been doing and and, and I think he's kind of gained a bit of a reputation for that Twitter account from from what you're saying there um, and and seemed very dedicated to his football, you know, at Wallaranga and so there was always this perception that, you know, this is someone who is an interesting person to follow and, you know, let's see where his career can go. Almost kind of um kind of fake it till you make it type thing or, you know, kind of manifesting manifesting your future. And he, you know, he was, like like I say, posting these clips of him training and playing in the youth teams. And then obviously he's come through to the first team and, and turned out to be, you know, quite quite the talent. I think I'm right in saying he got uh, three three goals, eight assists in his first season in the league uh, 2020 and then two goals, seven assists last season, roughly, um, according to the Leeds Serien website. And uh, he, he's kind of a, a, you know, and that kind of, a, again, a fun, that sort of multifunctional player who can play in, in different areas. He, he's good on the ball you know he's dribbling is 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 quite is quite successful dribbling on the ball um can find a pass as you've mentioned there kind of his pass accuracy is quite decent especially kind of short pass accuracy um, and that kind of thing so yeah, he he's a young young talent you know i think he's only 21 or 20 uh just turned well, just about to turn 21 in, in the summer and he's an exciting player i think the nuances of kind of norwegian football are slightly different well are, are a big club but they're kind of glim- to the glimpse of the talk of the town at the moment. And, you know, even even the likes of Rosenborg, who are kind of the, the Bayern Munich of Norway, they, they've had to take a back seat, really. They mm-hmm. haven't won, you know, in the past, they'd won the league, I think, nearly uh, 10, between 10 and 12 times running, if I'm right in saying, roughly. And um, they've had to take a back seat to gl- this glimpse side, who have just been walking the league and, and really been incredible. Molder, of course, have come up as well. Well, Lorengo historically, are, are a big club but kind of haven't really had the limelight in in recent seasons but they can attract players i think in that way and and so so are we someone who you know think he'll s- stick around but I th- there's a point where it comes where you can imagine him moving on i'm not entirely sure if he's he's definitely ready for the next level yet from from the games i've seen um you know Steve might might, might think differently or watchers of norwegian football might think differently but you know he's quite a sort of short stocky, short build. If you know what I mean, and mm-hmm. and uh, that sort of technical player that we've mentioned, I think eventually he will move on, and 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 he has a bright future for sure. I could certainly see him moving to the likes of Belgium or or, uh, or the Netherlands. But um, I wonder if he's still got a little bit to prove left in, in Norway before we can really consider him. You've got other talents at Wolenga as well. I think Odin Telga Home is someone who I, I'm a massive fan of. Um, I think he's a, he's, a, he's a good player. So. There's a lot of, of talent at that club, and it's just a case of, uh, you know, what what can I do with it all?
0: Yeah, I mean, especially you mentioned in there, Odin Tiago home. I love the story, the backstory that you know he just loved Tiago Alcantara so much that he just effectively, by deed poll or Norwegian deed poll, inserted Tiago into his name. Um, to emulate his hero. I think that's fantastic. Um uh, for anyone who hasn't heard that, that was I think it was Ben Wells, um former I think former football radar maybe. Um and you know he a Norwegian football expert, he, he told me that once and I just thought that was absolutely fantastic. So he's pretty much been on my radar ever since because of that. And um yeah, a very um yeah, very prestigious club in terms of in terms of that. Um we touched on glimpse to begin with and you touched on glimpse a little bit there you know they've they've been playing excellent football they've been doing well in europe as well as um as well as domestically you know it seems ridiculous that they hadn't won a, a you know a, a, an elite A or typically gained title since um they hadn't won one full full stop before uh the, the 2020 triumph um so to now be sort of going three in a row is you know for I think you described it on the season preview episode as as, as a three peat um which um, for fans of you know 1990s NBA, would is is a term which will ring a bell. But I think I'd, it'd be great to see that, wouldn't it? You know, just despite the fact that they've lost so many players, you know, the, you've got others coming through. I can't remember his surname. Is it Elias Hagen in the middle, who's having to sort of maybe um, to to fill fill the hole that that, that Patrick Berg has left? Um, but it would be great to see them do that. And obviously, I know Ketil Nudson, the manager or the head coach, rather he's someone who who certainly will be going on to to bigger and better things managerially in the future um and is somebody who if you can sort of get a steer on how he plays it how he sets his teams up now um then you'll definitely be ahead of the curve sort of further down the line when he gets a, a you know a, a big big job but the work that he's doing at glimpt at the moment is fantastic i mean i mean botheim was was a player last season who obviously did very well um, and sort of when I was in the, the early planning stages of this episode, I was looking at maybe who could who could replace Botheim now that he's, he's gone to Russia. Um, and I was looking at one player in particular, and that was Elias Melkerson, who I think is still 19. Maybe maybe he's just turned 20. I'm not entirely sure. Um, but got 17 league goals on loan uh, at Ranheim last season in the Oboslegain, which is the second tier of uh, Norwegian football. Um, and he was obviously, he was owned by Glimt. Um, he... Obviously, was you know could have returned and theoretically could have maybe come and replaced Botheim. but uh, instead he was actually I think he was picked up for around three hundred and fifty thousand euros by by Hibernian in 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 the Scottish top flight. Funnily enough, um, and that was that was I don't know it was it was quite because it's quite close to home. I thought oh, that's that's quite interesting that you know that's a it's a cool move. Um, you know is is I don't know is that something which you could have foreseen that, that clubs in Scotland are now maybe you know looking at at players and and not just Scotland you know other leagues of a similar caliber looking at players who are not even in in the elite Serie and or, or the elsfen scan but in the obos league in in, in the Super Retin, um you know these the second tier leagues are they going to be you know being scouting in these areas as well now
1: yeah 100% i think that that's um that's an, a recent trend in the last year or so i'd say that there's there's a lot of interest in 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 the league, uh, not just the top division in Norway, but the second division as well. Uh, there was a, a good example of that as a big player uh, who was, I think, Glorud, um, the name of Oscar Eger. He's oh, just yeah. gone to Ellsborg as well uh, in over in Sweden, but uh, he he is a 21 year old who, who I think he got uh, 39 goals in 55 games in the Elbostligan, and obviously he was revelation. He had scouts all over him and kind of uh Ellsburg were the ones who scouted him for quite some time and and, and picked him up
0: yeah uh, Oscar oscar arga or eager i can't remember which one you said there you you'll definitely know which the pronunciation um there was it, i actually added to my sort of one of my my the, the apps that i follow um the uh the you know football on um i added um Grorud to sort of my my favorite teams to because it was just so frequent that he was just scoring goals it was like i get a notification grow have scored. And it would be Oscar Agar again, just thought, you know, and, and then he obviously he's he's moved to Elsborg and um, I think he's maybe got a few goals so far, but um, maybe not pulling up trees to the same extent as he was in the second tier. But yeah, um, I think it's probably a good idea to be scouting those leagues as well. If you, if you wanted to pick up players on, you know, reasonably, uh, I say reasonably cheap, you know, reasonably, um reasonably priced sort of players who've got, who've got good ceilings. Um you you also touched on Rosenborg as well. Um, obviously the the Bayern Munich of of Norway of, as you as you described them. Um, and they've got quite a, a young squad this season. You know, we talked about Glimt, but the vast majority of their team are actually sort of above the twenty, you know, under twenty three bracket that that we keep ourselves very very strictly within on the Scouted Pod. Um, but Rosenborg have got some some interesting young players there as well. Um. Is is that is that a different approach to to them perhaps in the past? You know, have they maybe gone for a bit more experience previously, and now they are um, now they're looking for maybe a bit more youth? Or you know, are they are they able to reclaim the top spot with with um, with this young core?
1: Yeah, Rosenborg are they're an interesting side because they haven't they haven't had the best of seasons. Uh, well, they haven't had the best of years. A few years, really, just in general. They've kind of um, you know they're a massive club. We get a lot of question, listener questions on the Nordic Football Podcast about them and that kind of thing. You know, they they, they are the big, they are that sort of big dog of the league, but they haven't really had a hugely successful full period, to be honest. Um, I think when you talk about scouting and recruitment, I believe I'm right in saying that their um, their sporting director, I believe, is is from Sweden, and they've done a lot of uh, recruitment from Sweden in, in recent seasons to kind of varying varying levels of success. And I think that's something that you know you you, you look at and, and you kind of wonder, um, you know, maybe have they got the the scouting right and, and that kind of thing. I think I remember, sort of, for example, Dino Islamovic. He was a player who's a bit older than like you said your age bracket there, Joe. Um, but he 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 was at Ostersunds, for example, in Sweden, mm-hmm. and then moved on. Um, and I think he's now moved to South Korea, I believe. But they've kind of had a few hit and miss signings from 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 Sweden. So yeah, I mean. I'm not on the ins and outs of their best young talents. So I'm going to be totally honest, but uh, they, they are a club that are kind of trying to regenerate. They, you know, got a new manager now in this season, um, and they they they're looking to rebuild. I think on the season preview podcast, uh, Steve predicted them to sort of have a much better season this year because they've not qualified for Europe, which is a massive um, blow for them as well, just financially and in terms of prestige. You know, this is one of the few times uh, they've not qualified for Europe. They had a, quite a poor season you know, last year, and, and that just that just sort of sums it up. If a team like Reasonable can't, you know, finish in the European places, they finish fifth, which is incredible, really, for, for a club of that size uh, in a 16-team league. So they definitely need to regenerate. I think it's kind of, it's well-known within the club that they need to do that. They had, actually, funnily enough, talks with um, a manager from, the former Hammerby manager, uh, who they wanted to hire at the back end of last uh, season. Didn't quite work out in the end, and the manager, funnily enough, ended up getting sacked from Hammerby for... Attending that meeting in, in Norway, and then moved, um, got their job at Malmo now. So it was a bit of a scandal in that sense. But um, there's definitely a kind of an acknowledgement, I believe, that in, in Rosenborg they kind of need to, you know, rethink things and re- redevelop. Their recruitment's been okay. Um, I think this 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 uh, past window, but it's not. They're not a team that massively, you know, really wants to rely on your talents. I think they had they sold one of their big big players, Emil Conrad's insider, uh as well. So um that yeah they're you know they're they're generally a team that gets a lot of coverage um i think tobias boyoki is someone that a lot of people are talking about at this moment in time he's a 22 year old uh, that we've had a lot of questions about on the pod in, in the early part of this season um he, he joined them from uh, bromby i believe but in general the talents really that you look at are kind of at a glimpse at the moment you know they're the ones who've kind of been, been dominating
0: yeah i mean just looking sort of at the um uh the so the the additions maybe that they've they've brought in over over the you know the the winter period. You know, you, you mentioned their Bjork coming in from Bromby. Um you know Victor Jensen, who is a is a name that people might be familiar with, you know, was was at Ajax but maybe didn't quite make the grade after leaving um Copenhagen as a youngster. He's Danish. Still only twenty two, was on loan at Nordschieland last year, um, now playing for Rosenborg and Speaking of, you know, interesting um, sort of scouting decisions and and transfers, Renzo Giampaoli on loan from uh, Boca Juniors, um, who's 22 years old, central defender, I think he is. Um, He's come in at Rosenborg as well. And just looking at the sort of the additions, you know, all of them on uh, all, all bar one, I think, on loan. Um, and you mentioned not having European football. You mentioned about these leagues maybe not being huge revenue drivers. The fact that they do have so many young players in the squad this season, it might be, um, you know, it might be enforced circumstances. Effectively, you know, I'm I'm it's purely conjectural. Um, you know, that's not. I don't have any inside knowledge on the finances or anything like that. But you know, typically you do see trends where teams will begin to rely on youth a little bit more. Um, when they don't have the resources, financial or or otherwise, to to mount... You know, ridiculous title challenges with by just outspending the rest of the the competition. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Um, you know, I mean, they've also got Brian Fia on loan from Chelsea as well. Uh, he's nineteen, um, quite an imposing centre forward, um, but obviously hasn't really had very much first team experience uh, at any level. Um, you know, Norway, Norwegian youth international at under eighteen or under nineteen level, I believe, but. Yeah, as you say, it'll be it'll be interesting to see sort of the the um the the, the regeneration or the evolution that, that comes with this because with a new manager as well, Ketil Rekdal, who um, I believe is a Leeds United fan, um, I feel like I've read that somewhere before, which is you know another sort of offshoot to Leeds's influence in in Scandinavia. But yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be interesting to see how they how they get on. But um, yeah, thank you very much for um for joining me on this this episode, Jonathan. Um, would you like to to in fact, hold on? I'll do that again um i'd like to to suggest to anybody who's you know who enjoyed this episode it's wet their appetite for a little bit more in depth about you know Scandinavian football in particular Swedish football um to to go and check out um you know jonathan's work and, and and the patreon in particular for um the nordic football podcast because yeah just as the the chat that we've had on various players here you'll get um all the ones to watch um on on there and and, and countless other good strands of content that you'll um i'm sure you'll enjoy if you've liked this but yeah thanks very much for for, for joining me no i appreciate it.
1: it's always good to good to discuss and and be be on your show obviously uh, a really popular show and um yeah, I think this season, obviously, we've got the free shows weekly. So, you know, you can you can tune in and we always take questions and answer questions about talents and players. And then we've added this bonus Patreon. We've had a Patreon for a while, but we've added it this season. We're going to sort of, um, the tensor watches are on there. And we're also going to be having that sort of player analysis and things like that. We've kind of moved to a slightly different format for it. So, yeah, it's pretty exciting stuff. And hopefully, you know, see how it, how it goes in that sense. Um, like I say, there's a lot, because of the, because of the amount of talent in the leagues at the moment, there's a lot of people kind of following us and trying to get to the bottom of who are these talents and that kind of thing. So hopefully it provides a, a useful service for, for a lot of people. Um, and as you can just tell Joe from this conversation, that there's so many, uh, young talents at the moment in these, in, the, in these leagues that it's kind of, um, makes it exciting to follow. And there's always new players coming through. So, yeah, and no, I really appreciate it. Obviously, um, you can find us Nordic football podcasts, you know, Spotify, iTunes, wherever you, you get your podcasts and, um, and, and the patrons are on the Twitter page, which is at Nordic Foot Pod. So no, I really appreciate uh talking to you and hopefully added some insight for,
0: for listeners. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think we have done there. Um yeah, but if um if you've if you've been interested by this, do go and check out the Patreon and, and the Nordic football pod and, and Jonathan and Steve's work. Um but yeah, also Keep an eye on the Scandi Scandinavian leagues over the the summer. Um, in sort of if, if you're listening in the northern hemisphere or the winter, if you're in the southern hemisphere, um, because you know when there's not the the Champions Leagues and when there's not a World Cup year, or at least when it's not a World Cup in the summer, then um, those those summer months can be quite long and lonesome without the the regular football every weekend. But if you get into the uh, the Scandinavian leagues, then um, that'll that'll be your fix. Uh, I think it's fair to say. But um, yeah, this has been the Scouted Football Podcast with myself, Joe Donoghue discussing. Uh, Scandinavia with Jonathan of the Nordic Football Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Stay safe. Take care. Bye for now. For player profiles, in-depth features and exclusive interviews, visit sfhandbook.com to learn more about the best young football players in the world.